Welcome to episode 19 of the Infuse Joy podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, writer, coach, speaker, and brand new podcaster. In today's episode, I am sharing with you the top habits that changed for me and my business as my business has grown. I don't know how many points there are, but we'll get through them, and I'm so excited to share these with you. So let's dive in. The first habit that I changed is that I didn't take all coffee dates. One of the first things that started happening for me as I started a business was other people wanting to connect, whether they wanted to pick my brain or collaborate or just get to know each other because we're putting ourselves out on the internet all the time. I used to fill my calendar with dates with people that were lovely just because I like getting to know people. But the thing is that they weren't contributing to my business or paying me in any way. At this point, I've had to get really cutthroat on what I say yes to. The thing is that so often we fill our calendars with things that make our work lives harder, but don't contribute back to our business. And as wonderful as people are, we cannot always say yes. So getting really clear on does this help my bottom line? Does this help me in some other way? How is this going to contribute positively to my work life? And if there's nothing and it doesn't even contribute in your sense of like, I want to give back, then the answer has to be no. Now I have a buy me coffee option on my website in my online shop. If you want to just ask me questions about your business, I'm so happy to help, but my time is not and cannot be free. So I have gotten very cutthroat on my yeses, but because of that, it has freed up my time so much more to where I can enter my workday relaxed and at ease and excited to begin my day instead of feeling overworked and underpaid because I was saying yes to far too many things that were taking my time and attention away from the things that actually paid my bills. Next is designated meeting times. So when I first started coaching for the marketing business I had with a friend, it became vibrantly obvious that there needed to be boundaries around when we took meetings. I was finding myself scrambling to get work done in the 15 minutes between meetings, and then I'd totally forgotten to calculate travel time, leaving me in a near panic to get from one meeting to another. We'd also find ourselves meeting with people until 9 p.m., only to wake up and meet again first thing in the morning. There has to be some time to just run your business and to be a human being. Everyone needs to sleep. Everyone needs to rest. And everyone needs some time to do the bare bones, the foundation of what makes your business possible in the first place. So now I have the new habit of taking meetings on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday afternoons. I always have Mondays free to work, mornings free to create, and Fridays free to use as my flex day, which makes my schedule so, so nice. The next habit is I created email hours. So I have designated times to check in with my email and it solves almost all of my problems. (laughs) So a lot of people that I work with, right, you have a thousand emails in your inbox and it becomes really easy to not respond to people, really easy to get overwhelmed by your inbox and to end up avoiding it altogether. What I do is every morning I check in with my emails. I go in, 
I do everything that takes less than five minutes. Anything that takes more than five minutes gets added to my to-do list, and I accomplish it that day. Sometimes, you know, emails get rolled over, but I always communicate with the recipient, and I always, by Friday, respond to most of those emails. Sometimes you'll have one or two that you can't get to, but generally my inbox is clean for the weekend so I can rest easy. And that's possible because I designate time because the other problem that happens with email, and I know a lot of you have experienced this, and that is that you live in your email all day long. So you're constantly responding. So you might have an inbox down at zero, but you're not getting anything else done. And that is also a killer to your productivity because then your projects are not moving forward. You're not sure why you're not getting things done because you're constantly working, but you're just working on responding and being reactive instead of creating a proactive work environment for yourself. So what I encourage you to do is to designate time that you touch in with your email every single day and stay away from it otherwise. The next habit that I changed is no emails first thing in the morning. This is a relatively new development, but our creative energy thrives first thing in the morning. I've been using that up on my emails. So I would get into my work and I would open my computer and I would open my emails and I would spend the next hour just on email. And by the time I'm finished with email, all of my creative energy has been depleted. Even though email doesn't require creative energy, at all. So I have blog posts that aren't getting written, podcast episodes that have been, been being put off, workshop materials that's getting put off because all of my attention is, all of my creative energy and attention is going into my email. So now I've pushed that email hour back. So once I accomplish whatever creative tasks I need to do that day, then I can dap into my emails. That has worked so much better for me so far. The next habit that changed or was added is my quarterly evaluations. You have got to check in with your business. You've got to see where it is, what's working, what's not working, what is helping you, what, what is actually providing results, what is not contributing back, what is making money, what's losing money, and then make a well-informed plan for how you're going to move forward into the next quarter. Because what so many people do is they just operate as usual, they don't check in, and then they don't make progress. They keep doing things that aren't working for them, they keep doing things that aren't serving their business, they forget to raise their rates, they forget to do a lot of things because they don't have a designated time that they're sitting down and checking in with their business and their goals. The next thing, and this is a game changer, was simply this saving money and paying myself a salary. So I started my business over 10 years ago, the first time, the first business I started. And ever since then, right, I operated as essentially a freelancer. So I would just do a job, make some money, do a job, make some money. And I was piecing my income together in all these different ways. And the problem with that, because, and then I would also just be paying myself as I got paid, right? So I would do a $300 job, make $300, pay a bill, pay my groceries, that kind of thing right away. And so once that $300 was gone, that $300 was gone. What I do now is we are a month ahead. So whatever I'm earning right now doesn't get applied to my salary until December. 
And so I pay myself a salary out of my total. So I have a salary that is lower than what my business brings in, which allows me to invest back in my business. It allows me to be more relaxed when it comes to my finances. And it allows me to know that there is plenty of space right now. So if someone's a day late on an invoice, I am not panicking because it doesn't affect my rent this month, right? It's all coming together to support me for the following month. That was a mind-blowing difference for me. And I know some of you started out doing it the right way. It took me some time to get there. Thank God I got there. Giant shift for me. The next thing is I turned down people who wanted to hire me. That was a big habit that changed over time. And what I noticed in every business that I started, the beginning stages, I didn't do that. So the photography business, I took every client and then I got very clear on what clients I wanted to take and which ones I didn't want to take over time. The same thing happened in the marketing company. We figured out, we took every client, then we got really clear on who was the right client for us over time. And the third with the coaching business has been the same thing and probably will happen with journey books too. Right As we start these businesses, we are just excited to do the work. We think it will serve everyone and everyone's going to benefit from this. And then as we start taking clients on, we get ones that are good fits and we get ones that are bad fits and it becomes very clear who we're meant to serve and who we're not. And so that makes it a lot easier when a bad fit comes, you know what it looks like and it's just better for everybody. If you turn that down and you send them to someone who's a good fit, because the thing that you do not want to do is take on this client who's an ill fit, and then both of you become dissatisfied. You resent the work. They resent having paid you for the work, and then you end up with a bad review. You end up with um, a, a shame cycle happening inside of yourself because you are having a hard time separating yourself from the fact that this was just a bad fit in the first place, and everyone loses. Whereas if you get a client who is the perfect fit, who comes to you like, thank God I found you. This is exactly what I need. And you feel like you're driving with them. They're paying you a rate that feels good to you. Everyone wins. It feels amazing. It is so worth it to leave space open for those ideal clients to come in. But what I want to tell you and I want to encourage you in is that you're not going to get there until you start taking clients on. So many people teach you that you need to be clear, but they forget to tell you that the clarity comes from experience. And they all took on too many clients and then figured out who the right one was and who the wrong one was too. Nobody skips that step. And if they say they did, I don't believe them. So what I want to encourage you to do is to just experience, but then start limiting. Get really clear on who your person is as the more times that you coach, the more times that you shoot people, if you're a photographer, the more times you do anything, get really, really clear. Use that as information so that you can be fully confident in who your ideal client is. So the next thing is I prioritized giving value to my audience. This was huge, you guys. Like when it comes to especially marketing on social media, it was so daunting for me for so long to ask people to buy from me and to know what to even post, right? So I was posting a lot of personal stuff and I still do because I think we're interested in each other. That's why we're here. But at the same time, it is so rewarding for me to give you guys a ton of value. 
pouring back into my audience, helping you guys to move through the things that are keeping you away from what you want, the things that are making your business a business that you don't want to run, getting you closer to your goals. That brings me so much joy. It lets you know that I'm thinking about you. And then when it comes time to buy, you're more likely to want to buy from me because I've already been pouring into you. You already know that I care about you, that I want you to learn, and I'm invested in your success, and also that I know what I'm talking about, that I've experienced these things before, that I have expertise that has already helped you in your business. Like There's a nothing to lose here. And a really good rule of thumb, and I'm not going to say that I always follow this because I give away a lot, but I will say that some... A really good rule of thumb if you're trying to judge how much you should give away is giving away the what and the why, but not the how, right? Because we generally are able to sell the how and we should because you deserve to be paid for the work that you do. It's getting really clear on the what and the why so that you're giving away the information and then you're selling the how to do it. Um, All right. So the next one is shorter to-do lists. I used to be a to-do list monster. I had to-do lists that were pages long and I would write down everything in it, like do laundry, put dishes in the dishwasher, then, you know, work tasks, check emails, all of these things that I knew I needed to do that did not need to be on my to-do list at all. But instead, I just like to feel accomplished. So I would just check things off. And what happened was that I had this running to-do list and I would have checked off like 20 things. And so I would feel like I had a really successful day, but then I hadn't made any progress on anything because I was just checking off things that I was going to do anyway. So keeping my to-do list to really a solid three to seven things every day that are my number one priorities and really prioritizing what has to happen versus what would be great if it did happen allowed me the room to really get clear on like what needs to happen today to move my business forward, not just maintain the status quo. That was a big deal for me. Um, It was really scary to move down to a shorter list. But what I found is the system that I use being the monthly, weekly, daily lists has been huge for me. Knowing what I need to accomplish each month, week, and day. And I know a lot of you have already heard me talk about this. Journey Books is completely set up like this um, because I believe in it because it works so well for me and has worked so well for so many of my clients. Okay, so the last thing is so big. (laughs) Do not take advice from people whose results you don't want. When people begin selling things to you or giving you advice, you want to make sure that you want to make sure that you want their outcome. Just like you wouldn't take medical advice from someone who is always sick. Don't take productivity and system advice from someone who isn't producing a ton of stuff. Don't take business advice from someone whose lifestyle doesn't appeal to you. If someone is saying, I'm going to sell you the exact roadmap that I took to get the business that I have, and you see their lifestyle and you think, I don't want to live like that, don't take their advice. Don't use the systems that they created. Really try to think about, do I want the whole of what they have? Because if I don't, then I need to really think critically here. I don't, don't just take advice from every single internet entrepreneur because 
there's a lot of people promising a lot of things right now. And some of them have it and some of them are telling the truth, <laughs> but some of them don't. And some of them have got it. They've made that like six figure mark, but then they're living a life that isn't satisfying or wouldn't be satisfying to you. So you have to think about who is living a life that I admire and they're doing it in a way that feels really good to them. And it looks like it would feel really good to me. And then heed their advice. You are the ultimate decider in who you take information from. There's so much information out there. Get clear on the life that you want so that you can know who to take your advice from. That is all for today, you guys. Thank you for joining me for this episode of all of the habits that I have developed over my time in business. I'm sure there are about a million more. So if you like this episode, let me know because I can do another one sometime soon. And if you're enjoying this podcast in general, it is an amazing asset if you consider leaving a rating and review in iTunes. That's exactly how I can get this podcast to people who are new to me and new to my podcast in general so they can find me in iTunes itself. Thank you guys so much for being here and I will see you next week.